Welcome to the Fireside Giants podcast by Empire Sports Media. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Fireside Giants. I'm your host, Anthony Rovardo, joined by my co-host, Alex Wilson. I just got a haircut, and I'm back to talk about the New York Giants training camp, day number eight. They had the pads on for the third time this week, and we had an injury scare here. Evan Neal goes down with a concussion. He's going to be in the protocol, wishing him a speedy and thorough recovery. This is a player that needs those practice reps, so hopefully he's able to return to the practice field as soon as possible, and I'm holding out hope that he's available to play one week from today for the preseason opener, which I am so pumped for. But if not, I'm hoping he can at least get in two preseason games following this upcoming debut. But without further ado, we're going to go ahead and talk about New York Giants training camp day eight. Paris Campbell was out there making plays, and so were a ton of other Giants players. So we're going to dive into all that. But before we do, make sure to leave a like if you do enjoy this episode. Subscribe to the channel if you are new. Ring the bell so you don't miss an episode and comment your thoughts on the topic down below in the comment section. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify, please make sure to leave us a five-star review and go ahead and follow us on all of our social media channels at Fireside Giants. Without further ado, Alex, how are you doing today, my friend? And what are your thoughts on day eight of training camp? I'm doing great, man. There's a couple of takeaways today, some not so good. Um, you know, the practice has been pretty smooth up to this point, pretty positive for the most part. But today, um, I know Darren Waller what, like dislocated his finger or something like that. It seemed to be fine. He finished practice. I think he taped it together, the other finger. Um, so that seems to be fine. And Evan Neal, concussion. He's heading to the protocol. Um, he will probably miss time. Like, that's not what you want to see. Like, having Evan Neal go down right now is not ideal since we need him to be taking developmental steps forward. The best way to be doing that is to be available. Um, they had Matt Pert playing right tackle, uh, the starting right tackle for majority of practice after he went down. Um, so, you know, you ask yourself right now, what? how long is it going to take for Evan Neal to get back? If he has a concussion, you're looking at at least a week. You're looking at he's probably missing the first preseason game, if not two. Um, maybe he gets in for the last one a little bit. But, like, end of the day, you need him to be getting opportunities against, you know, our defenders and opposing defenders. Like, this is just – it's just not good. Like, that's a that's a tough blow for the Giants who need him to be taking steps forward instead of taking steps back. This is a step back. Um, hopefully it's a short – term thing hopefully it's nothing serious uh the symptoms dissipate quickly and he can get back to the football field but obviously first and foremost hopefully um he's feeling okay and it's nothing a crazy there's no like serious symptoms um but today paris campbell really really good day from him um but i want to let you get your thoughts in here on evan neal's concussion what this means for the giants and who you expect to step in in the meantime so who I expect to step in in the meantime is my guy, Matt Parrott. He took the first team reps after Evan Neal went down with a concussion injury at practice today. Now, you all know if you've been longtime viewers of this channel or listeners of this podcast, I was a big Evan Neal guy coming out of the, I want to say it was the 2020 NFL draft, I believe it was. They drafted him 99 overall, exactly where I had them selecting him in my mock draft earlier that morning. So I was thrilled when the Giants landed Matt Parrott. I thought that he honestly could be a long-term starter for this team. Team, but he's dealt with a lot of injuries and he's been very inconsistent and he hasn't been able to put it all together. But here we go. He's got one more opportunity to really prove himself. Right now he's on the roster bubble, so he's going to have to play well as he takes over for Matt or for Evan Neal here. And if he can go into the preseason, put together some solid reps, Matt Parrott could still earn himself a roster spot. And I do think that's important because a couple reasons. One, I think it's really great to have solid depth at the tackle spots. It's such an important position in football that it's almost worth paying up a little bit to have a solid backup offensive tackle in my eyes. And 
Secondly, with Matt Peart, if he does develop into being at least somewhat of a decent talent, you can play him as your swing tackle, which is a really underrated pseudo-starting position in an NFL offense nowadays. You'll see the uh, start the swing tackle out on the field rather frequently, particularly on the goal line, and we know that the Giants, they like to get in some heavy packages sometimes in those short yardage situations, just hand it off to Saquon Barkley. Having an additional offensive tackle out there to help push the pile is always good, but you need somebody who's talented, and I do think that Matt Perry is talented. If he could stay healthy here and make a name for himself, so to speak, while Evan Neal's out of the lineup, I think that would be huge for the Giants offense. You know, just having a, a reliable backup tackle and a reliable swing tackle. But in terms of what this means for the Giants, well, Evan Neal, hopefully this is one of those concussions that kind of just has a week-long recovery. I know that's the assumption that most Giants fans are making right now. They're like, okay, he should be back in a week. We've seen guys go into the protocol, come out of it in three days. But we've also seen guys go into concussion protocol, and they're in it for five to ten weeks. If you guys remember a few years ago, Sterling Shepard was trapped in the concussion protocol, was suffering from symptoms for over a month. So I don't want to get too hopeful and say, you know, Evan Neal should be back by next weekend. But I also, you know, I want to be realistic here is my point. I just think that Evan Neal, a lot of fans are just expecting him to make this quick turnaround. While I'm hoping for that, absolutely hoping for that and praying for that, it is possible that this does linger. So if it does linger, the Giants might have to rely on Matt Parrott far more than they expected to or necessarily want to. But that's why I'm saying I'm really, really hoping that this is a quick recovery for Evan Neal because we've seen him at practice so far. He's had some good days. He's had some struggles throughout the days going up against uh, Kayvon Thibodeau and Aziz Ojolari. Of course, he's going to have some struggling moments here. He's entering his second season. He's still putting it all together with his new form, his new stance, all that stuff. But this is why we need Evan Neal out there on the practice field. This is not a guy that you need to bubble wrap and save for week one. You can make that argument about Darren Waller with the dislocated finger. You could say that guy doesn't even need to practice. We know he's good. Bubble wrap him for week one. But with Evan Neal, you can't go that route. This guy needs the practice. He needs to be out there on the field. So I'm really hoping, Alex, that he's able to make a quick turnaround here, get himself back on the practice field and begin preparing for the preseason, and, you know, just hit the ground running once we do get to the regular season, hopefully fully healthy. Absolutely. I mean, I just was reading that uh, Brian Dable said that Evan Neal's technique has been much improved, and um, that's a good sign. You know, the, the technique improving certainly goes a long way. He's got the physical traits. We know that. The tangibles are there. It's more so just putting it together. Now, I'm going to drop one hot take. I think my one offensive line hot take this year is that Ben Bredesen ends up becoming an above-average guard for us. Um, kind of maybe a hot take, but I actually, I just watched a couple reps of him against um, like Rakeem Nunez-Roche and a couple other guys, and he stonewalled them. Like, he looked really really good. Um, he's already getting first team reps over Mark Lewinsky. It seems like he might even be supplanting him there. It may just be to get Josh Azudu opportunities at left guard. Like who knows, but I think Ben Bredesen is going to start somewhere. And I think he's going to be a pretty good starter for us. So, you know, keep an eye on him. I think he's kind of coming into his own. He knows the system. He knows the offense. He showed really good production last year when he was healthy. Um, so I'd like to see him get an opportunity to start and get a, you know, get that confidence from the coaching staff. And I think that he could be a really good player for us. Very low key, a good player for us. So, you know, that's my hot take for the offensive line this year. Ben Bredesen becoming an above average offensive lineman. Um, what do you think about that? I know, I know, you know, he's been, you know, starting at right guard, preferably a Zudu takes over at left guard, but you know, how are you feeling about Bredesen? Who do you think, do you think Glowinski's losing that job right now? Or do you think it's more so just to get Bredesen mixed into, you know, having that ability to, to shift over if need be? It's really tough to tell because we know that the Giants like to evaluate everybody to the most thorough extent. At least that's what they've shown under Brian Dable. So this could just be them evaluating what they have 
in Ben Bredesen. Maybe they see the potential that you see, Alex, and they're saying, let's see how much this guy can do. Maybe he's like pseudo locked into that left guard spot and they just want to see if he has the ability to move around. That's possible. Maybe it's also possible that Mark Lewinsky is really falling behind and not picking up his slack. Maybe he's struggling at camp and we don't know it. And he is, you know, just battling for that second roster spot at right guard. All these things are possible. But what I will say is what we've read from the reporters, all three of those interior offensive line positions are technically up for grabs. John Michael Schmitz looks like he's running away with the starting center job. Thankfully, that's what we want to see. And that's what we assumed would happen. But all three of those spots seem to be in open competition. So if Mark Lewinsky, maybe he can even sneak his way over to the left side of the line. But right now, it looks like he is losing the battle to be in the starting lineup because here's the thing. I think the Giants just really want to get Josh Azidu into the lineup. They spent a third round pick on him. You know, in years past, when the Giants were spending third round picks on players, it wasn't necessarily to get starters, right? We were like, okay, they're just taking a shot in the dark on some guy in the third round, but we know that their first round talent is going to be a starter. No, the Giants nowadays... Brian Dable, Joe Shane, they get a guy in the third round, they're expecting him to contribute rather quickly. They want him in the starting lineup by year two is what we've seen, right? Because they're trying to get Cordell Flott into the starting lineup. He was a third round pick. They're trying to get Joshua Zidu into the starting lineup as a third round pick. They even want to get guys like Dane Belton fourth round, Trey Hawkins even sixth round. They want to get these guys playing as soon as possible because experiential learning is king. So when you're looking at Joshua Zidu and where he is with this offensive line, I think that the Giants are trying to position him as the starter left guard if he proves that he can handle it. So let's see how he plays in these upcoming preseason games. If Azita goes out there, kicks ass at left guard, then I think it's a wrap. He's going to take that left guard spot. But I want to see how Ben Bredesen plays at right guard. If I'm not mistaken, he played a little bit of right guard during his time with the Baltimore Ravens. So this is nothing new to him. It's just kind of revisiting an old strategy that used to work out for him. So I want to see how this shapes out here, but honestly, the ideal offensive line for me, Alex, maybe you disagree, but what I want to see happen, totally. Josh Azidu left guard, John Michael Schmitz at center, and I want to see Ben Bredesen steal that right guard spot from Mark Lewinsky. Yeah, I mean, look, it's possible. It's certainly possible, and I think that Ben Bredesen's a good player. He just hasn't had the consistency, and they've, um, you know, the, the, the center position has been such a liability for us over the past couple of seasons. We've been asking Bredesen to, like, fill in there or, like, not have much support because the center position is a mess, and he's got to block two guys instead of one. Um, I think that with a little bit more, you know, continuity, a little bit more support there, I think we're going to see a pretty good player emerge from Ben Bredesen. He's been good when he's been on the field. We just haven't seen enough of it, unfortunately. Um, but, you know what, it's going to be interesting to see how this develops over the next couple of weeks with you know that position battle but also Evan Neal um, going down and who gets those opportunities seems like Matt Pert I saw a really good rep from him against Timon Fox where he completely stonewalled him so that was a good sign um, it seems like he may end up becoming our swing tackle at the very least so maybe he does you know retain his roster spot now um, offensively Paris Campbell had another big day you know me I've been you know I've been saying this for weeks if not months way before we even signed him um, you know you even said the same thing Paris Campbell's a really solid player he is coming off a career year with really bad quarterback play he's a better version of Richie James that's the way I'm kind of viewing him I think that he can be so good in the slot for us but keep in mind guys you know he played 80% of his snaps in the slot last year maybe a little bit more than that but he was actually reversed before that He he's capable of playing inside and out just like Sterling Shepard, he can play on the slot and, and he can play on the boundary. So depending on what the Giants are trying to do, the play they're trying to run, you're going to see him move around the field pretty nicely, um, which is going to be really cool because you can put him in bunch formations, you can put him in the Z and the X and the slot. You can do a lot with him. Um, and that speed is legit. That 
change of directions legit he has good hands coming off a good season he's healthy like he's been lighting it up the last couple days at camp and he's only like a really cheap like i think it's four and a half million dollar cap hit and the incentives built into it if he hit if he hits them this is low-key might be one of our better signings in my opinion um this offseason you know in terms of just free agent signings he may end up being one of our best ones offensively maybe on the maybe out of everybody i think bobby okarake has the shot to also kind of land that coinage but um, Paris Campbell's a really, really good player, guys. This receiver competition is kind of crazy where there's so many bodies. Like, I, you know, we all love Colin Johnson, but, like, there's so much talent. I don't know if he makes the roster because of that. You know, David Sills is definitely not, unfortunately, for him. The Sills Army will be disappointed again. Um, what else? You know, who else is even competing in those? I mean, you have Cole Beasley. I'd assume he makes the roster, but I wouldn't guarantee it. Um, anyone else that kind of stands comes to mind with that receiver battle? Jamison Crowder had a cool one-handed catch yeah, yesterday. He's gone. Um, I don't, I don't that. think that he's necessarily making the roster, though. Jeff Smith was just waived with an injury, yeah. so he's out of the running. But it's yeah, a crowded yeah. room. 14 guys now with Jeff Smith off the roster. They've still got 14 wide receivers. There's a lot of them, but I got I'm confident in Paris seven. Campbell the same way you are, though. I, I think that he's been crushing it at camp. I think the speed that he brings to the offense, the versatility. Campbell is a guy, A lot of everyone's pegging him, to, pegging him into this role of slot receiver. Everyone's saying, oh, he's going to be you know, competing for that slot battle. He's really going to play outside, inside, and in the backfield. Like He's their Swiss Army knife. If you take a look at his snap counts um, with the Indianapolis Colts and you take a look at some of his best plays, he wasn't working primarily out of the slot. Yeah, maybe he was there more often than not, but he was really moving all over the offense. He can play on the outside as well, similar to how Sterling Shepard has been for the Giants um, for the past several years. He started out his beginning of Sterling Shepard's career. Yes, he played pretty much only out of the slot, but then he moved outside because the Giants needed him to, and he struck there as well and Paris Campbell has the same ability and he takes snaps out of the backfield as well so I really love Paris Campbell because not only is he a speedy guy out of the slot he's a do-it-all player from every level of your offense you're talking backfield you're talking slot you're talking outside and that's why I get so damn excited about about Paris Campbell and his potential in this offense if there's one thing that I trust it's I trust in Brian Dable's ability to put players in position to succeed and make plays and Paris Campbell is no different he's a guy that it's very easy to put him in position to make plays because he can line up anywhere so i really do think i agree with you 100 alex this is one of the most underrated signings that the giants made all offseason and yes there's bust potential here but the boom is just so high sky high potential here for paris campbell and i really think that he could be an x factor in this offense Absolutely. I mean, we're all hoping that, you know, for what it's worth. But who else stood out today during practice? I know that that slot position battles started to heat up a little bit. Cordell Flott, you know, obviously getting that uh, increase in mass should help him. You know, you have to be a good run stopper if you're going to play in the slot. And I think Cordell Flott is taking the steps in the right direction to at least assist there. Um, you know, of course, you have Aaron Robinson. You know, you have uh, Darnay Holmes, who's getting cooked on a daily basis. I think he probably gets cut, if not takes a really big um, pay cut just to stay on the team. Um, so that's kind of heating up. What else? I mean, Darren Waller, as I mentioned before, the dislocated finger. I mean, he's still ridiculous. You watch him play. It's absurd. You know, what, what do you think right now for Cordell Flott? I think he, I saw a nice pass breakup today against Colin Johnson. It was really physical rep, but he, he made a nice play and, you know, definitely standing out. I think that's a good sign for him. Yeah, so I think Cordell Flott's really standing out of practice. He had an interception a couple days ago. He had the pass breakup that you just mentioned in coverage against Colin Johnson. But he also had another pass breakup today deep downfield down the left sideline against Paris Campbell. Apparently, he kept stride for stride with Campbell, who we know has 4-3-1 elite 40-yard dash time speed. But Cordell Flott stuck with him, got a big-time pass breakup deep downfield. 
So we're hearing a lot of good things about uh, about Cordell Flott, right? He's making plays against physical receivers. He's making plays against speedy receivers. But what we're not hearing is good things about Darnay Holmes. As you said, he's been getting cooked on a daily basis. There was just a disgusting rep from Cole Beasley where he just totally dismantled Darnay Holmes. Darnay Holmes ended up on his butt in a one-on-one drill against Beasley. So you know what? Kudos to Cole Beasley still being able to run routes like that at 34, but also Holmes really needs to step up here. He is unfortunately losing his job, losing his position on this roster. But it does kind of remind me of a debate that I got into yesterday on Twitter, Alex, and I want to get your take on this. We haven't seen Aaron Robinson at all. We've seen Cole Beasley, but Cole Beasley hasn't looked good. Who do you go with between those two guys? Cordell Flat, his roster spot is safe. He looks like he's probably going to win that starting job if they don't, you know, get creative here and move Odori Jackson there and Trey Hawkins outside. Let's see how these rookies perform. But when you're looking at the slot cornerback battle, I'm in the boat where I'm taking Darnay Holmes over Aaron Robinson. Even though Holmes has been struggling, I'm taking him over Robinson just because sometimes the best ability is availability. I haven't seen Aaron Robinson in like three years. He's never been healthy. But don't, Darnay Holmes... As much as he struggles in coverage, at least he gets his ass on the field. So where do you lean in the battle between Holmes and Robinson behind Cordell Flott? Uh, you know, I mean, that's essentially the point to make is that, like, we haven't seen Aaron Robinson. He's still on the pup list. Um, if we do get to see him and he shows some good coverage qualities, if he shows he can, you know, at least stay on the field for a little bit, I'm probably going in the direction of uh, Aaron Robinson. But you know, for now, I'm looking at Bobby McCain as a guy that could potentially also fill in. You know, I, I think that um, right now I don't trust Darnay. Like, I just I can't I can't come around to trusting him. Like, Cordell Flott is gonna start, um, and, and that's ultimately what's gonna happen unless they like make a huge change and Adoree Jackson starts in the slot and they kick Hawkins out to the boundary, which they've been doing. But I think it's still till way too early to even consider that uh, that kind of alignment. Um, Bobby McCain's a guy I'd be looking at. And, you know, if Aaron Robinson can make a return. Sure. I mean, I'm putting him on the. I'm going to put Robinson on the practice squad for what it's worth. I don't think anyone's picking up Aaron Robinson if you put him on the practice squad because he hasn't played. Like no one knows what he can do. Um, but if he does show good qualities on the practice squad and he takes some steps forward, you know, and he actually gets on the football field and puts together a couple of good practices, you know, Darnay is struggling. I have no problem. Like it's what are you really losing there? I mean, except for like the familiarity with the defense, Darnay's not a good coverage corner. Like he's fine against the run. He's good vision. He can sniff out those screens and bubble screens and whatnot. But like, you know, you watch him against Waller, you watch him against Cole Beasley. He's getting absolutely cooked. You know what I mean? Like there's nothing that he, I mean, unless he completely turns it around, which is like very unlikely, he's going to have to take a pay cut to stay on this team or they're just going to say, you know, we want to go in a different direction. You, they may even want to just go and, and get somebody else. Another team cuts, honestly, like they may want to just go in that direction. Like think about the, the they got a, a starting and I was talking about some of my friends yesterday. They're Jets fans. are watching the game last night and they were like, we're really upset. We lost Jason Pinnock. Like they were, they were like, nobody understood why they cut Jason Pinnock. We all thought he could be a starter in the future. And the giants landed him like, Teams cut good players. Teams cut future starters. It happens. Um, so when you're looking at a guy like, you know, Darnay, if another person pops up, good man coverage corner, a good, co- good coverage guy in general, they may go and just swap those names because it's going to be a lot cheaper. You're probably looking at a minimum deal compared to the two point whatever million dollars Darnay is making. So you're getting a better player or, or an, a player with similar quality, just different strengths at a fraction of the cost. So, you know, in my opinion, that's kind of where I'm looking. I may be looking to another team um, and scouting whoever they might be cutting instead of um, hoping to God that Aaron Robinson just like, you know, re- 
comes out of the ground like Jesus and suddenly becomes a starting like slot corner in the NFL. It's, it, it may be unlikely. It may be improbable. I do like Aaron Robinson. I think that healthy. I'd love to see him compete, but we just haven't seen him, so it's hard to make a point or make an argument in his favor right now. No, I completely agree with you. That was one of the points that I made in my Twitter debate, that the Giants are known to keep their eye on the waiver wire. Let's see how things shake out at the end of preseason, right? Because there's always the mass exodus of players from NFL rosters as they trim down from 90 to 53 men. We could absolutely see a decent slot cornerback shake free. And again, the Giants really like to claim guys off of the waivers. Isaiah Hodgins is a perfect example of that. They found themselves a starter there. Jason Pinnock is another one, as you mentioned. So let's see what happens here. I mean, maybe the slot cornerback position is going to be up for grabs all the way till the regular season. Again, I think Cordell Flott is really standing out, hopefully securing that job. That's what we want to see in the first place. We want to see last year's third round pick take that job. But Darnay Holmes, Aaron Robinson, big question marks for both of those guys. We'll see if either one of them can turn things around. Let's see if Robinson can get himself on the field. But I do think that the Giants are going to be one of those teams keeping a close eye on any waiver wire cornerbacks when we get to the end of the preseason. But that pretty much wraps this one up here. Lots of stuff coming out of Giants camp right now. A little bit of injuries. Uh, Darren Waller with a dislocated finger. I'm sure he'll be just fine. I dislocated my finger weeks ago. Still catching my one-handed passes in my flag football games. I'm doing all right. I'm sure Darren Waller will be able to manage. Waller's a great player. And of course, wishing a speedy and thorough recovery to Evan Neal. Taking a look at Paris Campbell. Really excited by him. Really excited by Daniel Jones and this whole Giants offense. They're looking good. And we are getting pumped one week from today, preseason. Stay tuned because we will be hitting you guys with pregame live streams and everything else that you want to see throughout the preseason. So make sure to leave a like if you did enjoy this episode and subscribe to the channel if you are new. Ring the bell so you don't miss an episode and comment your thoughts on the topic down below in the comment section. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify, please make sure to leave us a five-star review and go ahead and follow us on all of our social media channels at Fireside Giants. But without further ado, we will catch you all in the next one. Have a good one and let's go Giants.